what's going on y'all it's your boy so so in case you ain't no so and welcome back to another dope episode of sports with so so coming to you live this week the heat making three straight victories while still being undefeated at home the hurricanes keep it rolling in the acc as they're undefeated at home as well waste management open has a back-to-back champion and oh yeah we recap an amazing super bowl weekend it's time to take a ride y'all let's go What an amazing weekend of sports, dog. Especially if you're, if you're, let's say you're not a hardcore sports fan, right? You got to see a lot of excitement in all aspects of sports, dog. It was pretty wild. That's the one. It was pretty wild. Uh, I mean, yeah, waste management if you're into golf. Right. And even if you're not, I mean, it's one of the rowdiest events. Most of the people that go to that event are just crazy, you know, drunk college kids. Um, Good people. Great people. Those are my peoples. And uh, and then you also have, I mean, you had UFC on Saturday night. Um, you also have ACC basketball, you know, on Saturday night as well with the Correct. Canes. Correct. And then, you know, you just cap it all off with Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. I mean, and, and you know what, dog? Arguably one of the greatest weekends of the year, sporting-wise. Absolutely. Especially because, again, if you're not that hardcore sports fan, you get it from, you get that entertainment, right, from afar. You get to see the halftime show at the Super Bowl. You know, you get to see the celebrities that show up to the waste management, right? And it's pretty cool because you don't necessarily get that every weekend. You know, you get the hardcore sports thing, but you don't get that every weekend. And even you mentioned the Saturday night with the UFC fight. It felt like everybody on earth which was watching that fight on Twitter, man, because of how exciting the card was. And um, yeah, man, I can't wait to break all that stuff down. But if I, if I had to start with something that personally has me the most excited from this weekend was the Miami Heat, dog. Because... A, we didn't get a lot of win streaks this year, right? That are were significant or are significant. But this three-game win streak that they have going on right now, Doug, is not only brought life back to this team, right? It's brought back an energy, some type of motivation, right? Where these guys are steadily climbing the Eastern rankings, where they need to be a little bit closer to that success zone that we've talked about. Um, and, and look, I, I personally didn't see it coming, you know, because I was... I was in a, not necessarily a bad phase when it came to this team, but it was just hard to see them give consistent production. And and we've definitely seen these guys have consistent production as of late. Um, I mentioned it in the intro, they've won eight straight games at home now. That's crazy, considering that they're facing a real tough opponent tonight while we're recording in the Denver Nuggets. It's still nice to see these guys be able to put up win streaks like that, especially at home, right? It, it matters the most. But now that they've been able to get some tough road victories and the one that they got against Orlando, which is always a tough team for us, right? Like we usually have a better squad than Orlando, but it's for some reason, it's always a tough matchup. We went in there, came back from being down the whole game and ended up winning the game in overtime. That's a type of resiliency that we haven't seen in the heat a lot this year, you know? I mean, we talked about it last week, though. You know, your concerns weren't so much with the Heat's ability to win at home. Right. Your concern is more so with the Heat's ability to put a streak together like that on the road. Right. And, yeah, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to see the Heat win, especially, you know, some of these games we're going to get into right now, the way that we're winning them. You know, it's we're looking like we're 
more you know mid-season form now finally you know where early on we weren't you know we weren't looking too sharp bam is killing it he's having an mvp type season right now what a bargain jimmy is still showing that you know he is that dude um and you got guys you know like gabe vincent who've been stepping it up for us you know and they got us back in a you know as fans feeling like all right you know what this team is is definitely still a playoff contender you know, I'm, at the very least. And now we got it. You know, the, the win streaks are nice because now it's going to help us with the seeding. <clears throat> For sure. You mentioned the seeding. And like right now, the Heat are currently still in sixth place, but they're only a half a game, a game and a half behind the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. who are not as strong as they were when we started the season. Well, right? They just lost their two biggest pieces, even though there's a rumor that KD's physical didn't pass or something. He no, might no, be on the no, way. He, that's yeah, happening for that's sure. That's happening for sure. All right, well, they lost two of their biggest pe- pieces. For sure. Now they got Ben Simmons garbage ass over there by himself on an island. Defensively, that team is good, but offensively, which is their major threat, is no longer there, right? Correct. So now that just puts us in a position where not only are they beatable, but we should be able to catch them, right? And even the teams that are behind us, like like the Knicks and Atlanta, they haven't really shown any of that promise, you know. For as bad as the Heat season has been, they've been in control of the South East Division since the moment the ball tipped off this season. Which is weird to say because Atlanta was supposed to be a better team, right? They have Jason Collins, Trey Young, and for whatever reason, they can't put it together. But when we talk about the Heat and see like what the the victories have looked like, especially the three game winning streak that we're talking about, that victory against uh, the Pacers was a hard fought victory, bro. You know, because another team that plays is tough, tough every single time. And again, another team that is always going to present a challenge because of the style of basketball that they played. You know, the style of basketball that the Pacers are known for is that gritty. We're going to rebound. We're going to make you work for your rebounds. And we're going to try to attack you in, in like the pain and stuff like that. Tough game. And even still with all that, we saw our guy, right? Bam, go out there and put 38 points on these people. And not only 38 points, bro, an efficient 38 points, man, because this dude was <clears throat> 12 or 16 from the field, 14 or 14 from the free throw stripe, had nine rebounds, two offensive. Oh, and on top of that, he had three assists. I mean, the biggest number that stands out there, 14 for 14 on free throws. The Dwayne Wade special, they call it down here in Miami, right? You wonder how Dwayne Wade was able to keep that 26.6 average, you know, when it comes to scoring like that, because he was getting to the free throw A, double digits, and B, making them. This level of BAM that we're getting is such a bargain because we were worried about the the level of play he was going to be able to give us when we signed him to the extension, right? And it was like, oh, yo, man, we haven't seen BAM do it consistently. We want him to do this. We want him to do that. We want him to score more points. And all he's done is answer the freaking bell every single time. He's our leading scorer, our most efficient scorer, our best rebounder, our best defender, one of the top three assist makers, right? The way he can pass from the post and even in the system. What else can, the the only thing that we haven't seen him do yet is be clutch in the playoffs. That's it. And that's his, if that's the biggest knock, then we got to see what, what type of momentum he plays with this season, because this is obviously his best season as a pro and and, and how that translates into the playoffs and what confidence he's going to be playing with. Absolutely. You know, even even for Jimmy Butler, dog, Jimmy Butler has to be looking at him like, I got me a dog right here. You know, he's just making my job a lot easier. And in that Pacers game, he he balled out too. Had 25 points, 9 of 18 from the field, 
seven of eight from free throw line, his big jumpers, right? Go back into that Rockets game where we come out and have to, you know, withstand this this onslaught that they try to put on, you know, put us on. And then it got ugly in the second half where both teams only scored, what, like 39 points in two halves of basketball? For a game to end in the low 90s, well, mid 90s, 97, 95, that just shows you how much defense was playing that 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 a part of that game, you know? And Jimmy Butler. What an ending. What an ending. What an ending to this game. That was uh, the the alley-oop walk-off, you know, from the inbounds pass. Uh, I mean, you see it occasionally. Everybody, you know, everybody's... Tries it. I mean, you got to credit three people on that. Number one, let's go ahead and credit Coach Bo for drawing up the play. The legend. That's number the one. The legend. Right? I want people to call him the legend Coach Spo. All right. So then the second person we got to thank is Jimmy Butler, of course, for right. playing that perf to perfection, you know, faking it, selling it, and then just cutting back and, and being where he needed to. But lastly, and I think most important, you got to give it to Gabe Vincent. Absolutely. What a dime of a yeah. pass that was. Not only that, that it was perfectly placed. The way that he passed it and the difficulty of that pass, because the person Bro, that was inbound defending the never. inbound was seven foot two. They had a seven foot two person out there guarding Gabe Vincent's short ass, and he still and was he's able, still taller than both of us, <laughs> right? And and he was still able to find the perfect trajectory to put it to him. And, That's a tough one. Yeah, trajectory there and put it on the money to Jimmy because Jimmy didn't even have to really make an effort to put it away. No, because it was literally because he, right there because there was a breakdown in the defense because he sold like he sold it so well he held right. it for the right amount of time and just broke off when he needed to. That he was perfectly open. But I mean, what I know those guys are pros, but like just what a pass! I can never, I can never put that ball in that situation with that moment. You know what I mean? Game yeah. on the line, like. Yeah. It, it looks so just routine. You can tell those guys do that in practice all the time. Yeah. Love the chemistry, bro. You got to love that. One other thing, you know, besides, I know we're going to continue talking about the next game and possibly this one, but off the court, you're seeing these guys meshing so well and having the chemistry where they're going to each other's jersey retirements. Right. right? It happened with UD with a little bit earlier in the season. Now, recently, Hero had his high school jersey retired. They were all there for that. So, like, you can tell that this, you know, this is a good unit, bro. This is not new. You know, we've been we've been around for a couple years now in the making, and these guys like playing with each other. For you know? sure, for sure. And, and, you know, you mentioned Tyler Hero, and it was good to see him <clears throat> kind of continue to bounce back from the kind of level where he was playing, right? Because there was a low point where he wasn't even scoring 20 points. And now, you know, in these last five games, he's gone over 20 points four times. Um, he's missing tonight's game against Denver at the time that we're recording, but his his efficiency was his battle, right? It wasn't a, a factor of him not being able to score. It was always efficient, a, a question of how efficient can he score. And in these last couple of games, he struggled with the three. But that game against Houston, him being five of ten, shows you that he can do it when he's locked in. <clears throat> and I don't know if he wasn't locked in, but sometimes when you're struggling, you know, it's hard to make the three pointer. You know, it's it's hard to get into that rhythm. Can't buy a bucket. Look at Duncan. You know, and and I'm not saying that Hero is Duncan. Hero's way better than yeah, Duncan, way right? Different game, way different game. But just seeing the the ball go in that many times is a good thing for that guy, man. Um, like I said, in the last five games, he's averaging 34 percent from the three. Not necessarily the best, but also not bad, right? And and having that, no, nah, let's be real, and, to improve. Yeah, I mean, you would want him to be closer to the 40s, dog, but it has to be. He's also attempting for eight a, a for game, us, dog. For us, to, but you know what? <laughs> if it, if that means you're going to take 
two less shots. Because let's be real, he's taking sometimes he's taking shots that we're not too comfortable with. We're like, why right. are you taking that shot? Right. How many times have you said that about Tyler Hero? Right, right, right. A bunch. No. So a bunch. it's like, you know, if you if you if we take the right shots here, you know, the the better, the smarter miss, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's put it in golf terms. It's like that's that's what we need as far as efficiency. We're seeing Bam being so efficient. We're seeing Jimmy. That's all he's ever known. You know, we need you're the third guy. We need you to be just as efficient. Cause then that means there's gonna be such a disparity between your ceiling and your floor. And we can't have that. We need them to be kind of like, you know, we need a, we need a higher floor. You know, your ceiling can be uncapped, but we need a higher floor for you. Well, look, if if you I'm not saying that you're wrong, right? Because you you do have a valid point. But at the same time, we gotta know what we're dealing with. He's a I don't wanna say a high volume scorer, but he's also taking advantage of the 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 fact that the main guy really doesn't take that as many shots, right? Which is Jimmy Butler, right? The second guy in charge, which is Bam or 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it. He's the one who's really putting up a lot of balls, uh, shots as far as the paint goes, right? And, and being efficient in that manner. Tyler Hero probably feels like he's the biggest threat from beyond the three-point line. So he's going to chuck it up because there's nobody else that can really chuck it up. Yeah, Gabe Vincent may have the occasional good game, Strews, right, where they get hot a little bit for a game or two. But it's not nowhere near consistent as somebody like Tyler Hero could be, you know. So for him, I'd rather, yeah, at this point, put up the shots, right, because we know where we're going to be as far as seeding goes. Seeding going to be number four, bottom going to be number six. But if he can take that some type of confidence right and see the ball continue to go in and shoot have 50 percent games 45 percent games from three that's gonna really help him come playoff time because then he's gonna be locked in as far as mentally to hit bigger shots because he's gonna have to hit big shots for us in the playoffs for sure for us to have a, sh- a chance a legitimate chance of winning because at this point we can clearly say that we we trust in jimmy Obviously, and we also trust in Bam without a doubt to perform in the playoffs because, <clears throat> like I said earlier, this has been Bam's best season, and I'm just excited to see what it looks like in the playoffs. Yeah, bro, for sure. Um, we got a little time. We still got All Star break. True. We still got you know uh, the second half of the season, so we can't you know we can't get too ahead of ourselves. But that man, that's going to be definitely something to look forward to. If, Hell yeah! If, uh, if we can stay healthy. We got to stay healthy. That's the trick. You know, that's the trick. If we can stay healthy and keep our main guys on the court, we'll get performances like the Orlando game where Jimmy Butler hits a clutch jumper to get us tied up. And then in in overtime hits another clutch jumper to pretty much seal the game for the Heat. We need those type of performances from Jimmy to be clutch. But we also need to help Jimmy out in the games, right? Keep him fresh. Maybe not play him every single game or in a four-game stretch. Give him a break. The only thing that's been as weird as me for me right now recently with the Heat, as far as bad vibes go, is the situation with Lowry, dog. Like, he continues to miss games for whatever reason, excuse absence. It just makes me wonder why we didn't just take you know, peanuts for whatever this guy could have gotten, you know, because now we're, we're facing a, a situation where, where he's in a bad space and that could be a bad space for the rest of the guys in the locker room. Nobody wants him. That's, that's the problem. That's one of the main problems. Nobody wants that guy on their team wow. right now. And, uh, there was rumors, trade deadline came and went. We saw a lot of moves in the NBA. The only one we ended up making was the Denman move for cash. Right. So, you know, we, I I, call, I I called it. You know, I said I didn't think we were going to make a move, and yep. you know, it just so happened. But now there's a potential talks of 
player buyouts. Guy named Russell Westbrook and a couple other John guys. Wall. John Wall is another guy that they're talking about potentially their teams buying them out and then them being able to sign. I don't know a lot about that, dog. What? How? How does that work? How well, would that pretty work? much they, they have be a free agent when they get bought out. Correct. They hit the restricted free agent. You know? Restricted? No, no, no. Unrestricted. unrestricted. So they can sign with anybody. With any team. At that point you know? in the season. Well, yeah, like uh, Orlando. They cut Terrence Ross, right? They bought him out, and he's going to sign with, with Phoenix. You know, straight contract for the rest of the year, whatever, depending how he plays. He can sign a longer-year contract, or he can even sign a two-year deal, whatever. Gotcha. But he's pretty much a free agent the moment they cut him and pay him. So we can sign any one of these guys if they get bought out for a potential one year. It doesn't have to be long-term. No, it doesn't have to be long-term. But then what I what you have to assess there is risk-reward, right? And with a guy like John Wall, probably it's 50-50. With a guy like Russell Westbrook, it's probably 40-60. Best case scenario, 45. Why do, you, why do you say that? Because we've just seen him be on six teams in four or five years, bro. And none of them have worked for him or the team. So if, why bring him here? It, it, it's almost as if, like having a Lowry and mm, trading I, and, and I would, picking I up a Lowry. I would take him over Lowry. You say that. You I would, say that. I would definitely. Until you, see you look it, at his stats? Have you seen their stats this, this year compared? Both yeah, of them? yeah. They're both trash. <laughs> I would say I would trash. I would argue with with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, his numbers are way better than what Lowry's been able to produce with starter men. Bro, you're going from pig shit to horse shit. Nah, dog, I'm being real, dog. Listen to 16 me. 16 points a game, dudes averaging coming off the bench. Listen to me. I, what's Lowry doing? 13, 14 points a game. Listen to me. It's more than just that, dog. It's yeah. more than just the points. Assists, rebounds. He has them all. He has way better statistics and all the negative shit. LeBron, who's chasing a championship, said, nah, dog, I'm straight on you, homie. Get him out of here. You make it seem like that's that easy. Well, well, the fact is that he's, again, been on six different teams now. After signing a max contract, it hasn't worked with this dude Yeah, he anywhere. signed the max contract with OKC. Anywhere. And that's after going Mr. Triple Double back to back years, broke Oscar. Everybody forgets about this. No. Oscar Robertson's record. No. And no. Then did it again the following year. Impressive. And then he got the max contract. OKC went through a whole restruct. They sold the bag. They sold everything to be able to regroup, restructure everything. Then where does he go? He goes over to Houston. Correct. They didn't work there either. That doesn't work out with, I guess, James Harden at the time. Was Correct. Harden still there? And Correct. they both end up getting shipped out. Yep. I mean, goes to LA, all this hype, nothing. But uh, now he's getting, he gets dealt somewhere else, instantly getting bought out. Not even a, not even a chance to say, yo, let's see what you got. My, and, and the doubt, my bad, dog. But the doubt isn't on his basketball skills, homie. It's everything else that he brings to the court. It's the drama, the mental. What drama does he bring? A, he's always about himself. He has issues with teammates. He has issues with practice. He has issues with coaches. It's about Russell Westbrook, the person, not the basketball player, dog. Because when he's focused on the court, yeah, he can play well if he's the one running it. But if he's not the one running it, then it's not going to work. And again, you can't just fit a circle into a square hole. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work. And there's a reason why GMs prefer not to have him. Any of the other contenders could have been named. How come none of them have been named except for the Clippers because he lives in L.A.? And us, because we have an obvious need at point guard. That's it. No other team, not Boston, not Philly, nothing. So, again, it's not his basketball skills. Everybody knows he can put the ball in the hoop and he can pass the ball, no doubt. Can he do it in a team fashion? 
Can he do it in a way that helps the team win? I uh, everybody wants to say yes, but it hasn't. There's no proof of it working. I don't know. I I I, I don't think he's. I'm not trying to defend Russell Westbrook, but now it's kind of turned into that because I disagree. <laughs> I do think that the guy does embody a lot of things that would um, align with Heat culture. I think he is a hard worker. I think he is all basketball all the time. I think that he's a little misunderstood because of maybe a couple spats and things that have occurred. But, you know, you hear you hear things like in the bubble, he was the only guy to leave, you know, a tip behind for for the you know the housekeeping staff. You know, that tells me like that's a humble dude, bro. That's a real dude down to earth, dude. You know what I mean? And the fact that he has been able to come off the bench and say, I'll I'll come off the bench, I guess, if that's going to be it. But I'm going to do my job and still be able to produce starter stats. I think that tells you that he is a team player. It's just it's not working out in L.A. Why? Because LeBron is that dude. And he's always going to be that dude. There can't be two two alphas. You know what I mean? So, homie, he's walking into a team f- again with two alphas. Sure, but now at this point, I, now it's coming down to the coaching. This is what I'm going to say, and it's the last thing that I'll say about this subject. <laughs> I think Coach Spo would be able to get the most out of Russell Westbrook, especially at this point in his career with his skill set for for our team. And we wouldn't have to do something long term. It could be a one year deal for just the rest of the season or whatever. And we, you know, hey, let, let's write it out, bro, Lowry. You're out. You know, well, I don't know how we're going to get you out of here somehow, but bring in Westbrook. And I, I would, my whole point of saying all that was that uh, I would prefer Russell Westbrook over Kyle Lowry right now, all day. But I, I'll do you one better. I'd rather go get John Wall, dog. Who's a thug? And 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 one big thing I got to disagree with you on before we move on is the fact that he's 100% basketball all the time. He's not. No NBA basketball player that's on that level is doing that, right? Because they always have outside ventures. We see Jimmy Butler with the coffee and all this stuff, right? Like, so it's hard to be basketball all the time when you're a brand. And he's a brand. Respect to him. And I'm not saying that he's a bad guy. That's not the point. Just doesn't work for whatever reason from a basketball standpoint. From a basketball standpoint, it never works, whether inside the locker room or on the court. It just doesn't work. And that doesn't mean him he's, he's a bad guy. He's, it's like you said, he's definitely misunderstood, Doc. He's more than a basketball player. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't recognize that. I'm not saying that I don't. I just don't think that he would fit here. You know, Spo, you know, for as a cool guy as he may be, that dude's hard-headed as fuck because he knows what success is. And he knows what his type of success is. So I don't expect him to say, yeah, let me put my arm around this guy. He's going to be like, yo, motherfucker, either you fall in line or you don't. And that's going to be a hard line because that's that's how it goes with inside that locker room, you know, with, with Jimmy Butler and these guys. So I don't know, man. I think just there's better options than Russell Westbrook out there. And more importantly, it's it's you got to kind of roll with the guys you have at the moment. We have a big road test coming up. We plays Brooklyn on Wednesday. Uh, got Milwaukee on Friday. Um, well, that's the last game is Brooklyn before the All Star break, and then we have the the All Star weekend in Utah. And I don't know, man. I, I would love to see these guys wrap up that you know that little road trip with a win and make that five it, in a row. We dog. need we need road wins. We need more of them. Absolutely, dog. Let's see. Let's start tonight with Denver. Get some pizza mañana by the time the recording hits, you know, and everybody can have a very nice Tuesday as we get ready for the for the All-Star weekend, man. Um, you know, I, I got to give a quick shout out to my one of my favorite teams right now is the Miami Hurricanes basketball team, bro. Those guys that kept it rolling this entire year. Um, still undefeated at home. Another ACC opponent taken down. Another ACC opponent going down, dog. That's four straight wins, you know, for for the Hurricanes. 
just a uh, just a, so impressive what these guys do, man, and how they're able to do it. Because, again, we're not one of those teams or those schools that is known for basketball and everything that Coach Aaron and his staff has done with recruiting and having these guys put a system in that these players can excel in, man, because we saw it in person when we went to that game recently. It's just that everybody's – it looks like they're playing with a knowledge of self, right, and knowing where everyone is going to be at and, you know, pass it to this guy when he's hot and let's try to get this dude open down here in the post – because, if, again, ACC is a tough, tough place to play basketball in for a school. And for the Hurricanes to be one of the best teams in the ACC when it comes to it right now. And they just recently got um, uh, updated to 15th ranking. That means they're putting big wins under their belt. And teams are, the nation is taking notice of what's happening. Down I, here. I would say the ACC for basketball is comparable to what the SEC is for football. Mm, that's a good way to put it, dog. Is there a better like I mean conference right Duke, now? North Carolina. I, I know you get your Villanovas, right? Right, because Villanova. What's Villanova? I don't even know what conference they're in or whatever. Got but me. you know Arizona. You know you, you get some of these good you know schools out west, UNLV and all that. But I feel like you know the powerhouses are are, are, are you know yeah Kansas, Kansas, Kansas State. Nah, I think I think ACC definitely is a powerhouse when it comes to basketball hoops. Bro, that and the Big East, man. Because look, right now in the ACC, you have five teams with double-digit wins in the conference. Pittsburgh, Virginia, Miami, and Clemson. And and Virginia's ranked seventh in, in the nation right now. Damn. Top 10 team. Yeah, they've who's, been balling. Who's, uh, who is? 19 and four, dog. You got the top 10 in front of you? Yeah, I got the top 10. Give me one second. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, like, for again, you know, Virginia has probably put good teams in. Here's your top 10. You got Alabama, Houston, Purdue, UCLA, Kansas, Texas, Virginia, Arizona, Baylor, and Tennessee. All uh, Baylor. A lot of teams there that you expect to be there, right? Yeah, yeah. So for the Hurricanes to be top 15 in the AP, you know, 13 in the coaches poll, shows a little bit of respect to what's going on down here in Coral Gables and what Coach L has done, bro. Facts. I just think that this this might be like we were talking about with that guy, man. This might be one of the most talented teams that UM has put together for their men's basketball program. We know what's up with the women's, right? Like the women's are always balling, um, but for for this team to be that team, just thinks I just think they could really be a Final Four contender. Put them in the bracket, dog. That's wild. That's wild for this team to be a Final Four contender, dog. That's one of those teams that a lot of people are saying, hey, look out for it. Don't, don't get these guys in the second round. Don't get these guys in the first round. Because even in the ACC, like, you know, they have a big matchup against Clemson. They also have a big matchup against Pitt later on in the, in the year. And, and, you know, tonight they'll be playing North Carolina on the road. They get that win, moves them up to 12 wins in the conference, 21-5 and five record. How do you not put this team in the top 10 after that? Yeah, we got to look at what the rest of the teams are doing. Hey, I get that. But just the, just from a level of consistency. It's hard to go from 15 to inside the top 10 just off of one more win. I hear you, dog. But again, we're just so dominant at home, dog. 14 wins at home. Like We got to see what happens on the road tonight. We got to see what happens on the road tonight, dog. I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm worried, right? But like I, I look forward to the challenge of seeing these guys playing in a tough environment, right? Because um, playing at UNC is not easy. They always pack the house, right? Regardless of whether the team is doing bad or good. And they just make it hard for opponents to go in there and get dubs. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Kings have done it, but it's it's not just as easy as walking in there saying, ah, we got this, you know? Let's see, man. 
Let's see what happens, dog. We're not even favored in this game tonight. Yeah, no, that's why. This is going to be a tough test. Five and a half, man. Five and a half. (laughs) Crazy. But you know what? I feel confident in this Hurricanes team, dog. I really do, bro. We saw it in person. Uh, We know that Amir is is a beast, right? We've seen what Juan can do, Walker can do. These guys are are able to score big buckets whenever they need one. And um, the defense is definitely one of the best in the nation, right? You got to really see the way that they're able to convert a lot of their points from turnovers, right? playing good defensive sound basketball, um, getting into passing lanes, creating steals, and running on the court. We saw these guys with 12 breakaways against that Duke team. You know, it's not easy to do. We're going to smoke these guys tonight. Definitely smoking on that Tar Heel pack. <laughs> love it. <laughs> you know, I know what you love, man. What do I love? The ending to this Waste Management Open. Oh, man. What an amazing open, dog. Not even just the ending, bro. The whole weekend. The whole dog. weekend, man. So let's talk about before we, you know, we just jump on. Let's just jump into it. Yeah. We had uh, a couple picks last week. Yep. None of our picks won. Nope. But my, man, guy did, my guy did much better than your guy. Oh, fuck. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to call out my guy, who was my guy? Who did I pick? Go oh, ahead. you picked. You're going to shit on me. Go ahead. No, you call it out. You didn't pick Justin shit. I picked oh. Justin Thomas. You did. You did. Yeah, he did pretty well. He did all right. He finished top five. He did all right. Which is big. And I also picked Ricky Fowler. Wow, Ricky. Who did really well and had an ace on the weekend. Not on the 16th, but he had it on the Huge. And look, I texted you that Ricky um, had been playing well, and we saw him play. And I was like, Tonyo, he's making a lot of good comeback shots where he's not keeping himself, digging himself into a deeper hole like he normally would. He he really kept his composure. And, uh, yeah, he played a great round of golf. He was he was back. It's good to see him. I mean, the last time he won a professional tournament was there at Waste Management, uh, 2017, I think. But uh, he did well. Uh, the only one that from my guys that didn't do great was Victor Hovland. He finished Boy, two under man. for the weekend, and uh, that was a little disappointing. I think he finished tied for like 42nd. Um, you know, which it's, in the grand scheme of things, it's like sorry, that's pretty good actually. But it's like when you had guys going 10, 11, 12 under, um, you know, that's tough. Um, Rom Rom did really well. That was, well. That was your pick, and he even let it go towards the end. Too, that, let, that wrapped it up right yeah he wasn't you know he, he didn't play well enough he played good obviously he finished top three so i think solo third mm-hmm. um but he didn't play well enough to to really give a scotty a run you know and um scotty played lights out i mean he won it last Every year day. it was his first career win was last year and that was the start of a crazy season for him which ultimately led to the PGA player of the year for him. You know, right. it was a crazy season where he won the masters and all that stuff. So it was like, I, I was kind of upset with myself to not think like <laughs> Scotty would go back to back at, at an event like this. You know what I mean? It's crazy. that we, neither one of us picked him, right? Uh, right. You know, and not to say that I didn't think he could win it. Like, right. obviously I, I, there's just so many of these guys on any given weekend, you know, you see all these guys, how well they, they do. And it's like, it's anybody's game, you know, it's just a couple more putts or whatever. And he was on fire on Saturday and then Sunday came out and just did not let up nope. and uh he was uh given a little bit of run for his money by um uh what's nick taylor nick taylor and nick taylor actually played really well as well man but came up a couple, 65 dog a couple day. shots short uh in the you know when it was all said and done um but scotty scotty was able to just win it outright didn't have to go to a playoff this year or anything like that and he amazing was, he just cruised to victory and it's crazy because he hit a you bunch say of bad cruise, shots but you're, you're 100 he grinded he grinded dog you know what i mean he really hit a bunch of good recovery shots and that's something that we were talking about you know like we saw a lot of the guys who finished in that top 10 or inside that good amount of prize money um make some like amazing recovery shots dudes hitting five irons three irons from bunkers and and landing them on the green for a birdie putt like 
you know, that was the level of play out there that weekend. Um, a guy that we didn't talk enough about, you know, heading into it, I think was Jordan Spieth, right? Him and... Um, he played well this weekend, but Sunday he kind of stalled out. He, he stalled out. birdie and then just kind of stalled out the rest of the day. He even stuck one to like six feet on 18 and missed that putt. And yeah. It was like, it was such a bad putt that like he hit it and as soon as it came off the face, he just he knew started it. walking towards yeah, it. Yeah, he knew it. He knew yeah, it. yeah. When, putt, when his putter's hot, that guy is, is dangerous. But he, he didn't have it this week. You know who impressed as well? Um, the South Korean, Sungjae Im. How do you say his first name? Sungjae. Sungjae Im. He played an amazing round for me because every time that I saw him, right, he felt like a, he was having good conversations with his caddy, which was allowing him to put him like in the best position with the best club in hand in order to hit the shot. And the guys that he was playing with that round um, were, were balling. I think he was playing in the... Damn it. Who the hell was he playing with, bro? Uh, it depends what day, man. They also The first two days. The first two days. Up. The first two days when he made the cut. He, I think he was playing with Jordan if, or Justin Thomas. Maybe one J- of those maybe two. Maybe Jason Day. Yeah. I, I think it was one of those three guys. Um, but even still, he, for him to be not a guy who's considered one of the best or a real threat, and for him to hang with these guys shot after shot and really... You know, just put himself nah, in a so, position. Sanjay is a he dog. He out. finished 11 under. He, he was top for six with Spieth and Sam Burns and Tyrrell Hatton. Um, but yeah, no, that dude, there's so he many impressed. guys. You he look impressed. At, you, there, you look at all these guys, man. There was so many guys in double digits, bro. I mean, this is crazy. 10, the 11, top 10. 14. Everybody who tied for the top 10, you pretty know, much. No, there are 13 people were mm-hmm. all double digits. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, and then the winner was. Shit, almost 20 under there. Scotty at 19. Um, but no, the weekend was awesome, man. The, you know, the, the waste management at 16 was lit Saturday. You know, the best shot of the day. They didn't get a hole in one Facts. all weekend, but the best shot of the day on 16 came at the last shot. The last person to tee off, which was Adam Hadwin, teed it up and almost, almost made it. He stuck it to like a foot or two, and the crowd went crazy, threw all their beers and everything. They were like, this is it, guys. <laughs> Best opportunity for it. And it's the last one. Might as well now, you know? And then they they also had a streaker. Oh, streaker the 19th started. hole. I, I thought we were going to miss that talking about that. He started on 16, got away, shook somebody with a little Tyreek Hill juke. I mean, nobody up, really wanted to touch a guy who was half naked, completely <laughs> in like that dirty-ass water. And then he ended up making it into the lake you know, on 17 where the water is. Bro, it was wild and then uh we even had a club toss from max homa one of us yeah one of us one of us us. it was elite it was a good i saw the breakdown straight out the bunker from one bunker to the (laughs) shout out to danny for sharing that video but a hell of a weekend the waste waste management you know was was electric as always it just kind of gets golf really started now it feels like no for sure and obviously the best news that came out of that weekend was Tiger Wood announcing that he's ready for the Genesis Open, dog. Yeah, and everybody's reaction like, "Oh, Tiger's in! Oh, ti- oh shit, Tiger's in! Oh, okay, cool, Tiger's in, huh?" And everyone's like, "Yo, man, down." Well, I mean, it is you know it's the biggest thing that happens. It's his tournament, time. so it's, it's it makes sense why he would pick this, you know, as a regular tournament to play in. Yeah, because he's only playing in majors now, so it makes sense. It's his event, but it's also the the site and the you know the place where he had his accident a few years ago that mm. that caused him to you know not be able to play for a while right. his old leg injury injury and all that stuff so it's interesting to Full see circle. let's see what he's able to do um this coming weekend just excited every bro regardless of how he does i'm just always excited to see him everybody. play and to see what level he's at right now everybody right everybody wants to see the big everybody cat. wants to see the big cat dog he's the biggest draw dog Oh, no, best thing that ever happened to golf, man. For sure. I think so, bro. I really do think so. There's bro. no debate about that. Right? 
Zero. And, bro, they're even bringing back the anniversary shoes. I saw that. Wild. I'm I mean, debating. I can't. I'm not I paying. I don't know if I should get them or not. <laughs> 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 just close the eyes and swipe, dog. <laughs> nah, nah. Because like for, <laughs> for me, like, you know, I've always known Tiger, obviously, because he's been yeah, he's he's such a, big an fan. icon and such a, you know, he's bigger than just golf. Like, he's, you know, he's transcended the sport and everything he's done. And, um... I wasn't into golf until about five or six years ago. So, like, I didn't grow up playing golf, and I didn't have the Tigers and shit like that. So, like, right. I don't have that memory of that shoe. I understand, you know, that it came out, and it's like a throwback. I understand the whole, you know, where it fits in the social zeitgeist. But it's like I don't have a connection to it as somebody that might have been playing 10 years ago. And it's like, oh, my God, I bought a pair, and they got ruined or some right. shit. You know, I lost them. My wife threw them out. You know, like, I, I can see somebody like that. But I'll just try to get them anyways just because usually shoes like that sell out. Absolutely. I have some good reasons. Absolutely, bro. And and yeah, man, it's 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 a type of shoe that you know is not gonna come back, right? Like they have the Jordan ones and you'll see a bunch of re- variations of that. But like with that Tiger Woods shoe specifically, like you know they're not gonna put that into production again. You know, they're doing this this ten year anniversary one, one, run. one, one run, you know what I mean? And, and get the most Yo, out of that. But let me tell you, dog, no free That's ads. Out, no free ads, but the Jordan ones. <laughs> Low key might be my favorite golf shoe. I dog. seen you wearing them this weekend, dog. Dog, I got the orange now, ones. Now you're I just finding the... every excuse to wear them. This guy's buying 15 green shirts. <laughs> nah, I need to get one now for these. But I, I got first. I got the ones last year, the shattered backboards, and they're they're fire. Mm. Like they're like they're very comfortable, and I like the orange and stuff. And then now these the the masters edition, I guess the, the ones that are the green, green ones. Yeah, um, bro, they're just they fit so good. Cause like I have the Air Maxes, and the Air Maxes don't Tough. fit me as they're... good. Like they're a little bit more narrow. Yes, and the the ones just like hug my foot dog so i'm yeah, just man. like i need more of these in my life i mean life. you know what coach Steve would say you gotta get shoes with spikes dog you gotta get shoes with spikes nah nah not hey, always man. not always man sometimes it's better you know to look good if you're just playing with the homies yeah, right dog, i'm not playing on tour we're, we're not playing on tour man um shout out to coach Sid, man oh yeah uh, he's the man dog i mean i mean let's get let's get into it because there was a lot of talk i don't want to say controversy there was a lot of talk about how the game ended right in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, um, between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs end up taking it 38 to 35 on a, you know, after scoring a field goal with like what, three seconds left, five seconds left. And, you know, Philly tried to throw a Hail Mary that went 30 yards, but whatever. The, the whole game as it, as, uh, as it went, right, was exciting. It was probably one of the best Super Bowls that we've had in the last 10 years, as far as, storylines as far as the play on the field from the quarterbacks as far as the teams being evenly matched right there was a lot of things that kind of led to the Super Bowl being potentially one of the best and it in my opinion it definitely delivered regardless of how the game ended because they both came out tit for tat right uh Philly had the lost the coin toss which I got wrong by the way and then um you know came straight down the field and scored and then we saw the response immediately from Kansas City, and it was like, oh, shit, we, we're going to have a real Super Bowl, you know? And then it, it tightened up right there. Both defenses came to play. And the biggest thing that happened in the first half was that defensive touchdown that the Chiefs got, right? Jalen Hurts broke out. Uh, he got caught the shotgun snap, started to roll out to his right for whatever reason, had butterfingers. Ball came out. Kansas City scooped it, took it all the way to the house for seven. If that doesn't happen, potentially Philly can go down, score another touchdown, and really put some distance between them and and the Chiefs. And I felt, and I, and I mentioned it, you know, where a defensive touchdown is going to be a big input, like important factor for the team that gets it, and it definitely did. No, it definitely helped Kansas City, but you know, you also got to put in context that Philly closes out the, the first half with a ten point lead. Correct. 
So even with that defensive touchdown, Jalen Hurts is still able to bounce back. I mean, three rushing touchdowns. What an amazing dog. game, I mean, the, kid, the kid's a beast. He's saw a real deal, plays, saw, And not just with his legs. Like you see him make throws when they needed to, long third downs that he's getting the ball to Dallas Goddard, yeah, Devontae yeah. Smith, or A.J. Brown. That, that touchdown that he threw to A.J. Brown was, was disgusting. Amazing. He threw a nice pass to Devontae Smith that Devontae should have had a touchdown on. but No, he shouldn't have because he did an excellent job of turning to catch it and staying in bounds and making sure that he stayed in bounds. You know what I mean? Sure. The, the way that he was positioned and the ball was coming at him, he had to make sure that to Sure, to but he was wide open, caught, dog. He was and, wide open. And that should have been a touchdown. A little better throw and it would have been. Maybe, but it was a great throw in the end. Um, but and yeah, they, go, they they closed that half, you know, up 10 points. And it's like, man, all right, it's looking good for the Eagles here. You know, the Kansas City, you know, they, they, they're without that defensive touchdown, it would be Big trouble. It would be a 16 point game. It wouldn't be Big a 10 point trouble. game. Big trouble. And then. Second half comes around. And after, they missed I guess the field Rihanna. Goal. Rihanna maybe had a lot to do with it. In the, maybe. In the well, well, look, interesting enough, right? They missed the field goal, right? Buckner missed the field goal, hit the post, boom, louder sound in the freaking stadium, yep. right? Then they got the defensive touchdown to make the, up for and it. And then they got the defensive touchdown to make up for it. Right before the half, Mahomes gets tackled. His ankle kind of goes a little bit inside. He tweaks it for a little bit. Looks like he's in a world of pain. Boom, 29 minute, 30 minute halftime where he got time to kind of like walk on it and, you know, stretch it out. And then it was, take this and show us what you got, you know? And the performance that that, that we got off, oh, man, for sure he was. They gave him two perks and a cortisone, and they were like, we'll see you in the morning. Absolutely. He was like, bye-bye. We'll see you in Orlando. You know, if you can ball out, we'll see you in Orlando. See you in Disney. You know? Uh, But he did that. He He did. He came back. He didn't look like he was hurt at all, bro, when he came back in that second half. Look, man, there was, again, I hate to, to bring it up because... Of how good the game was, right? But that game did not come down to that last call, dog. It didn't. You know what I mean? We can look back at specific things that happened in the third and fourth quarter where it was like, all right, the Eagles put themselves in a bad position or the Chiefs put themselves in a bad position. You mentioned it earlier. Um, Goddard, you know, didn't really catch anything the first half. And then all of a sudden, second half becomes the biggest target or the next Travis Kelsey, right? Starts making all these amazing catches and getting down the field. He also made, paid a big part because one of those catches were controversial and ended up working in the favor of the Eagles where they ended up scoring off of it, right? Big Those type of plays end up happening. But when, when you look at the fourth quarter and what decided the game, it was two things, two major things that the Philly was completely in control of, mainly the defense and the special teams, not Jalen Hurts, because this guy balled out of his mind. 27 of 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, you know, um, zero INTs, you know, 70 yards, three touchdowns rushing. What more could you want from this guy, right? But there was that punt return, right, that uh, Ivan Tony, I think his name is, right? Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Yeah, it took it like 65 yards down inside the 10. Bro. The 5. Bro, that's that's a big mishap, you know, because you're you're just made it super easy for the best offense in the NFL to go out there and score on you and get even more into this game and more momentum on their side. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing was the um, the defensive play, right, where they let Mahomes scramble for 40 yards. Complete breakdown. Dude's back there, breaks the pocket. Runs, doesn't slide, runs completely until he gets tackled. You can't allow that to happen. You got to make that guy throw. How do you not have a spy on that? Again, you're just giving him momentum, his team, more belief in themselves to go down the field on your defense and score. 
And guess what? The whole time those two things happened, you know where Jalen Hurts was? On the bench. Yeah, because you know that you can't you can't play offense when the defense is out there. And that, that was my thing, man. I had the Eagles just based on I thought the defense was better than Kansas City's, and I thought that was mm. gonna ultimately win it for them. Mm-hmm. And they did they did a good job containing Mahomes and the Chiefs in the first half, you know, aside from the touchdown to um Kelsey and all that stuff, but um, the second half, man, you know, the Andy Reid, credit to him, you know, what he was able genius. to figure it out. They even did the little merry-go-round play. They didn't do anything for him, but they brought, they busted it out. And it's yeah. like, you know, they're feeling good when they're, when they're bringing this that shit. shit out, you know, in a Super Bowl against the Eagles. And it was like, they, they just kind of had their way with them in that second half, man. What a the genius. Eagles were, were underwhelming and as far as defense goes, because offensively, beautiful. Yeah. And look, you know, Mahomes had three touchdowns, no INTs. And just the play calling inside the red zone was genius from Andy Reid. <clears throat> there was one specific touchdown. I think it was the one that Ivan. Well, he had one Tony Tony Tony. He was wide open. But why was he wide open? Because well, they faked. It was like an RPO. They faked out to the left, and everybody pulled. And Kadarius Tony pu- played a beautiful route because he was in motion the whole time. And then he cut back, and his defender just stayed thinking that it was a run, and he was wide open in the flat. And it was, and it was because of the guy who was like running. He was running into motion, which was Travis Kelsey. Who right. had been killing these guys, right? So everybody's thinking, oh shit, the motion's coming. They're gonna try to run some type of pick or something for Kelsey. That little inside pitch they like Ooh. doing. Right back to the other side, completely wide open. open. And then the other one was on the opposite side of the field, same idea, completely Correct. open in the flat again. I forgot who that touchdown was to. I think that was, was it Juju. No, I got it right here. It was. Was it Pacheco? Yes. Yeah, it might have been Pacheco because he did the no more Sky Moore. Oh, it was Sky Moore. You're right. You're Sky absolutely Moore. right. Yeah, Sky Moore. But Pacheco, Pacheco had a touchdown too. That guy balled out, dog. Yeah, Let bro. me tell you, Crazy 15 carries, 76 yards, touchdown in the Super Bowl, and he ran hard. Huge. He ran hard. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, credit to Andy Reid, dog. He's such a genius when it comes to offensive production. Um, I just hope that our guy McDaniel's can be close to mentioning to that because if he can get close to that, dog. The offense that we're going to see here in Miami is always going to be one that's fun and and a real threat. Again, once you know the the Eagles tied up the game right when Jalen Hurts went for the two right after rushing for his third touchdown, he also rushed for the two point conversion. Got it. The octopus. I learned what that was. <laughs> I would I, explain it to everybody. The octopus is a, is a bet that you can bet on. Does somebody score a touchdown and then also get the two point conversion as well? Yeah. And Jalen Hurts did that. One of my buddies. Hit on how big, yeah, because he bet on that. Awesome, dog. And again, just shows you how well Jalen Hurts played, right? And how skilled that dude is, dog. You know, for being as athletic as he is, he's also a very durable dude, tough dude. Yeah, um, uh, he played great, man. Mahomes, too. Mahomes is going to be, if not, you know, he's going to be. Probably second to Tom Brady, if that's the case. If not, wild. He could he could surpass Tom Brady as, as sure. the greatest. I mean, he's already has two under his belt. I mean, I don't know if you felt the same way, dog. But when I saw that again, the Eagles tied it. I'm looking at the clock. It's like five minutes. Chiefs have three timeouts, and you're giving Patrick Mahomes the ball. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This too. game's a wrap. <laughs> Regardless of whatever happens, this game is over because Philadelphia is not touching that ball, and they're gonna kick a 45 year field goal, whatever. But Philadelphia is not touching that ball. Yeah, but hey, you know what? None of our teams were in this game. True. But there is a tie to our team on this game, and it was the fact that our future defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, was playing consultant to the Eagles. No, to the Kansas City defense. You're right, you're right. My fault. 
So how does that make you feel? I mean, um, I know he's not going to have a huge impact there as far as their defensive scheme and all that stuff, but you know, the fact that he was a part of that Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, that's the, that's that's what matters the most, right? Where he comes in and says, "This is why whatever I'm going to tell you is going to work." So either you listen to me and we make it happen or you don't and you look stupid on the field. I feel like that's going to be his approach, dog. You know, he's a no-nonsense type of guy and when you get hired just for two weeks to come and consult, dog, that just means you're the shit and everybody knows it. You know what I mean? So when he walks into this building and becomes an official defensive coordinator for us, um, it's going to really raise the level of expectation for the defense. You know, we've talked about it where we know we have talent on that side of the football. We need to see it produ- produce a lot more, a lot more consistent. Can he, can he be that X factor? At all signs point to Yes. Just makes me excited to see what the potential could be. But like I said, the expectations for this defensive unit is going to be high. It's definitely, definitely going to be high. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you know? Now, we don't know what's going to happen with the offensive side of the football, right? What type of improvements get made there on the line and, you know, tool and all this stuff. But as far as the defense goes, Mentally and and game plan wise is going to be on the same level as McDaniel's, if not more, and on the offensive side. And that that should uh, be official now soon because they Hopefully. said after the Super Bowl. So we should see that that official make the announcement soon. And then <laughs> once that announcement comes through, I know I'm going to be able to go somewhere to get that directly. <laughs> Where sports or social Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. Because uh, I know you're keeping people updated with Absolutely, all the Dolphins man. moves in the Absolutely. offseason. You, and, and you know what? The the There's going to be a lot of stuff happening fast in these next month, two months, right? Cuts, signings, extensions. Um, it's going to be interesting. This Dolphins offseason is going to be even more interesting. Um, before we wrap up, wrap up, though, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on the UFC fight between um, Volkanovski and... And God, I was Jeff. hoping you didn't ask me that question. Oh, you didn't watch it, bro? That's what you got Jesse for. Ah, Jesse. Make I'm sure fine. to tune into the UFC uh, the fight recap. Rewind, the fight man. rewind. We're definitely going to break it down, dog. Nah, but, I didn't watch it, but um, I, I, I fight, saw Makashev won. Yeah. And everybody's saying it was probably the fight of the year already. For sure, dog. The 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 strength that dude has, dog, is, is wild. Volkanovski like is man. wild, dog, when it comes to his, his power and his legs, dog. Stood him up like over 10 times, dog. Stood this dude up over ten times, and and that's wild because Makachev didn't stop coming, dog. And and you know what? I only mentioned that because I felt like he did deserve the the victory. He did good enough on the feet as far as being a threat, and you know neutralizing Volk as far as his offensive threat, and just his you know consistency to try to bring this guy down and work when he did have him down. It was really really a great fight, dog. And it's gonna be hard for these next upcoming UFCs coming uh main events coming up to to kind of top that one dog and hopefully we do get to see it because we got that one in Miami coming soon dog can't wait dog Pereira versus Adesanya too we got Masvidal versus Burns I want to see how much those Oof. tickets are going to be when they come out I don't think they're out yet Chico Close the eyes and swipe, nah, dog. Nah, nah, <laughs> with that shit, bro. But you know what? If you don't close your eyes and swipe, you can do what Joel said, man. Follow us on social media. Make sure to check us out on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification on the top. Hit a like on our latest video and drop a comment. Let us know what you think, man. And if you have done all that, you know what to do. You got to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend about this amazing podcast and what we got for you guys. We got a special interview coming up for you guys this weekend with Lorenzo. 
going to be on fire, and we'll continue to work behind the scenes to bring you more exciting stuff. Stay tuned, y'all. Until next time, peace. peace.